Welcome back to the Weighing In Podcast presented by Track Wrestling. This is episode 108. I'm your host, Alex Steen. On the line, as always, David Maritani. David, here you're feeling a little under the weather. Bronchitis and pneumonia. So, common yeah. uh, I'm glad we're doing this over the phone. So, uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I've uh, locked myself in the house. I'm, I'm supporting Robitus and Dayquil and NyQuil. On a, on a very strong basis, if anybody wants to buy the stock. And, uh, yeah, but I'm still doing better than Michael Kemmerer is doing. That's, uh, I still got that going for me. Ooh. That's a bummer for him. I think we just lost all our Hawkeye listeners, but uh, that news is fresh. Uh, just came out today. He, you know, We hadn't seen Kemmerer yet at 174. A lot of people were waiting to see how he would look, uh, but it was announced today. He's out for the season. He's going to have season-ending surgery. Um, and then apply for a sixth year, which at the rate they're giving him out right now, I'd say he probably will get one. Um, what does this do to the Hawkeyes, David? Well, they were one of the teams that if everything went right and Penn State wrestled poorly, we both, you know, I think generally smart people thought they were a team on their best day and Penn State's worst day, maybe. And I think now that maybe's gone, right? Like it's, it's you're asking for just too much. I mean, he's a guy that most of us sort of had as a consensus uh, four, five, six kind of guy, maybe even three. Like, maybe he doesn't beat Zahid or Hall, but is he on that tier with Lewis and Amin? And if not, he's probably at the top of that tier from a skill level with everybody else. And, you know, we both do the points, 20, 16, 13, half, 12, and half, 10. Even if he's fourth and fifth, that's 11 points, give or take, in the middle. Maybe get some bonus in there, and he's worth 13, 15 points to your team. That's a lot. That's a lot to take out when, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I I didn't even know we were going to talk about this, but what do you think the odds are that Penn State, their last six guys, make the finals? Because it, it feels like that could happen. Yeah, I definitely think there's a chance it could happen. Um, I'd still like to see more from Kassar and uh, Rashid is still kind of a wild card. I mean, he's definitely good. I just don't know. There's a couple other guys at 84 that I'm not sure he can hang with. But, yeah, I mean, I think th- there's definitely a realistic chance, which is not something you can say very often. I mean, there haven't been that many teams in NCAA history to put six in the finals, and no one's ever won six titles in a year. So, um, right. But it's possible. For sure. So, I mean, it brings them Iowa back to the pack more, obviously. And, you know, the team the team rankings for next week will be, you know, they'll be different for a lot of reasons because I think we both know that Cliff Keen won't go according to oil. But it's, uh, you know, it, it pulls points out of their lineup and everybody below him, you know, bumps up at least a little bit. So maybe not in points, but at least in slots. So I think that'll that'll change a lot, you know. Yeah, and I think that's really, I mean, I've heard there, you know, Mitch Bowman may be working his way down. I don't know if he's certified at 174 or not, but that would make sense um, if he can make the weight. But you just don't have anybody that has the kind of top-end potential. I mean, you covered it well. Uh, Kimmerer has that potential to be a top-four guy. And, you know, as good as Mitch Bowman is, even if he can make the cut with no, you know, with no problem (laughs) – he doesn't have that type of potential, I don't think. So a big hit for Iowa. It probably wasn't going to make a difference for a title this year anyway. And with the recruits they have coming in, that extra year down the road, may it may work out to their benefit. But obviously, you never, you never like to see somebody miss an entire season. So uh, shout out to Michael Kemmerer. Get better soon. Uh, hope your rehab goes well. Yeah, absolutely. You never want to see anybody like, even if you weren't a Penn State fan last year, like, you wanted Nolf. You wanted the best version of Nolf at Nationals. You know, like you want those guys to be able to to perform at their best. You know, absolutely. Even if you're rooting against a team, you just want to see their guys get pinned. You don't want to see them get hurt. Yeah. So let me get into the rankings here, and uh, we're brought the rankings part are brought to you by Resolite, your one your one source for both classic and lightweight mats. From their zip mat, the first and only thing free mat to offer a waterproof interlocking connection system to their exclusive DigiPrint mat, the fully customizable mat featuring unlimited graphics that brings unrivaled school branding to your new lightweight mat. Visit Resolite.com for all your wrestling needs. Resolite, the mat company, 
And uh, shout out to Paul Gilbert, the president there. Just an unbelievable guy that does a lot for wrestling. Not too much uh, movement in those rankings this week. Uh, kind of a small slate last week. Uh, we're not going to go through them weight by weight. We're just going to hit a few of the high points and then get into a preview of the CKLV. Uh, pretty much what I noticed was Seth Gross still didn't wrestle against Minnesota. Yanni came back and wrestled in the Matt Town Open and won against less than stellar competition. Um, Christian Olivas lost to Recurve and Murray. Branson Ashworth probably had the upset of the week beating Chandler Rogers, but then he beat him the last time they wrestled too. So I'm not sure uh, how much of that, you know, what to make of that. Uh, what else did you see, David? Uh, Kate Brock, you know, he won, but he struggled a lot on bottom against Wyoming. And I think that's a recurring theme with him, right? Like he needs to, for him to be on that top echelon, to beat a Yanni, to beat a, McKenna to beat an Ironman, Ironman especially because Ironman you know loves to ride. I think that's uh, that's going to be an issue. Uh, Oklahoma State looked a little flat. I mean, I, I mean honestly, those Thanksgiving weekend meets like Iowa had five starters out. I mean, it's you know Oklahoma State had two or three guys out. I, I don't. We always struggle with that as coaches. Like, do you let these guys go home and you're just terrified they're going to come back 24 pounds overweight? But the other side of it is if the other schools aren't bringing guys anyway, it doesn't really matter. You know, I think the other two things I saw was Hayden Hastings had a really good match with Jacoby Smith, and he didn't win, but he almost won, and it was really close to late. And then probably the the biggest upset in terms of gap, uh, I mean, Chandler Rogers losing to Ashworth was an upset, but Ashworth had a really good year, and he's beaten him before, but... Christian Brunner lost to Mitch Bowman, and I don't think too many of us saw that coming, and it really wasn't very close. So I think if Bowman can get down to 74, uh, you said it right. I mean, his high end isn't as high as Kemmer's high end. He'd have to do something he's never done before to score those kind of points, but it feels like he might be more than serviceable if that were to happen. Yeah, I mean, that match was at 197, and we're talking about him going to 174. I think most people had him penciled in at 184, battling Cash Wilkie for the spot. It looked like Wilkie was going to win that battle anyway, but uh, it'd be interesting to see. But, yeah, he he looked tough. Uh, you mentioned Iowa's lineup. I, they were missing a ton of guys. It'll be really interesting to see who they run out against Iowa State. Um, you know, we haven't seen Warner yet. Spencer Lee was out. Lugo was out. It's just, you know. It's it's tough. Um, I was in attendance at the Oklahoma State match, and yeah, you were you hit the nail on the head. They looked flat, um, just up and down the lineup. Didn't wrestle with a lot of energy. Uh, Jacoby just barely escaped on a reviewed call at the end. It just just didn't look great. Um, but you know that that happens. I think just about every team has that throughout the season, one time or another. That either because of you know, training cycles or you know whatever, they just don't look quite right. So. We don't want to make too much of it, and a lot of credit for Wyoming to come in there with good game plans, wrestle smart, wrestle tough, and you know they were out physically in the Cowboys in a lot of spots. They're both Cowboys, so I shouldn't say it that way, but uh, yeah, you know they were they were out physically in Oklahoma State quite a bit. Uh, it was an interesting, interesting duel to watch. So they looked tough. They looked ready. Right. You know, Wyoming did right, and they wrestled they wrestled well in a lot of weights, and uh, you know they 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 have a team this year that's going to struggle to score big points at the national tournament. You know because they, they don't have their Meredith, you know, we don't think so. Uh, but, you know, they continue to do a good job there. So, you know, if you're a fan of, of of Mark and Ethan and that crew, you know, I think you have to be encouraged, even if they didn't win some of those matches, by how they performed. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they're kind of one of those teams this year that you don't want any part of in a duel because they're going to wear you out. But uh, they might, might be tough for them at the NCAA tournament. I think you're exactly right. Uh, right. Moving on for this weekend, uh, CKLV, the first um, of the really big tournaments of the year for Division One. Just, I mean, you have the numbers here. Seven of the top 11 teams, 11 of the top 20, 13 of the top 25. I mean, that's just, it's amazing uh, how deep this tournament is. All the weights have multiple ranked guys. You know, we're going to see them clashing early and often. Just really a good way. I mean, Kicking off the season with opens is nice. Uh, it's cool to see. 
you know, red shirts and all these different and backups, all these different people. But this is really where the rubber meets the road. Uh, these matches will have significant seating. Um, you know, it, it's going to have an impact down the road. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I was out there last year, just a great tournament last couple of years. Um, I'm not going to make the trip this year, but I, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to watch a lot of it this weekend. Um, you want to go through these weight by weight, David? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I think the one thing that's interesting, and I actually texted Lee Prince about this, was Arizona State's not going to be there. Yeah, they were there you know, last year. Well, yeah, and it's also, you know, it's a West Coast meet, but they have, they're going to the Cougar Clash at SIU, and they just had a lot of really tough events, and they just felt like they, something had to give, and it was this was the one they decided, but this this event is usually even tougher with a team like that, so it, it is interesting. Yeah, so. we'll have Northwestern there this year, which first time in a long time for them. Rutgers is coming out, so that's going to be cool. I'm going to rotate in a few extra teams from you know to replace Arizona State. So uh, yeah, it's it'll be interesting. I I kind of like that the teams rotate some. I mean, you have some teams that go to the same events over and over every year, but some rotation is good. So we get a little different flavor each year um, and we'll see what happens. Uh, starting at 125, obviously with Northwestern coming out, you have Sebastian Rivera, who's up there and Roddy Bresser. Those are really the two names that jump out, but there's just a ton of guys here. I mean, there's Louis Hayes and Sean Russell and Zeke Moisey. Um, hopefully we'll see Travis Piotrowski who hasn't wrestled yet for Illinois this year. Gabe Townsville's doing well, Drew Matten from Michigan. There's just a ton of guys here. And then, of course, I haven't even mentioned guys like Colby Smith from Missouri, uh, just other guys outside, you know, that get a chance to really make their name. Uh, what do you see at 125? Colby Smith really intrigues me because he's gigantic for the weight. Uh, I, I got a chance to coach him in an all-star meet. His high school coach is a good buddy of mine and a really good coach. Uh, shout out to Jason Moore, but uh, you know this is an important meet for Colby. He's got to get a lot of matches, and he's got to try to get his seed up because I don't think they're going to try to wrestle him the whole year. I think they're going to try to do the pause plan. So uh, if he can break the top, you know, like if he can place above a Rivera, Bresser, Hayes, or Russell, you know, which all guys are in our top eight, you know, like. If he could get above one of those guys, or or a Moisey or a Piotrowski, like that, that would do a lot for his seed at nationals. So I'm sure he's smart enough to know that. I'm sure you know Missouri is, and it just will be interesting to see how that goes. Ronnie Bresser is another guy too that uh, you know, like in other sports, there's an East Coast bias. I think in wrestling, there's a lot of unintentional anti-West Coast bias, but we just don't see those guys very often, and I think it'll be interesting to see how he does, because he is a guy, I mean, there's that whole throw the brick kind of thing with Spencer Lee last year, but he had beaten him, and he's really hard to take down, and but he's not big, so like, I think like a, if he was a two seed, and like, let's say Colby Smith was the seven or the ten, and won that match, that would be a fascinating quarterfinal match to me. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, also for the wrestling fans out there that if you want to have less of a West Coast, you know, problem and with the seeing these guys, the Pac-12 Network does a nice job of getting more of these matches out there. Um, so you can check that out a lot of times. Uh, that's a good resource to see these guys more. But, but you're right. I mean, you know, we talked about, I think it was the Mike Clock Open early in the year. You know, everything else was done. People were, you know, writing their stories, putting in their rankings, and, and Clock Open still had a couple rounds to go. Uh, so it just happens. You know, you stay up late to catch those, or do you get up early the next day and catch them? But uh, we just don't see those guys as much. Presser's a good example of that. Um, and, of course, this, you know, this is a lot of a Division One tournament, and Division One guys will dominate. But Nebraska Kearney is coming, and they have the third-ranked guy in Division Two, Josh Portillo. And then uh, junior college guy, Jackson Cole from Western Wyoming is ranked number two in the junior college ranks right now. So check those guys out. Um, I'm sure there will be a few upsets from non-D1 guys uh, this weekend. Yeah, there always are, right? Right. 
moving over to 133. Uh, this is a really interesting weight, and it really it was last year as well. I mean, it's deep nationwide, so it should be no surprise. But um, Nick Soriano, Stephen Michich, Luke Pletcher, Ethan Lezak, John Ernesti. I mean, that's just the guys that are – that's just the start, right? I mean, we've got Montori Bridges the returning All-American. we got Josh Terrell might show up to make his season debut. And then there's guys like Mickey Phillippe, who I think is kind of flying under the radar still that could really do a lot for himself this weekend. Um, it would be interesting to see who Cornell brings uh, between Chaz Tucker and Vito Arujo. This is not a tournament that allows backups. Um, so they're only going to be able to bring one unless they bump one of them to 141, which they did to Chaz Tucker before. Um, they're prob- I don't think they're going to bring Yanni, as far as I can tell. So they have a spot, but that would be weird if you think Chaz Tucker is the starter to bump him to 141. We'll see what happens there. Uh, what's your take on 133, Dave? Loaded, right? Like Loaded. Absolutely loaded. I mean, you're looking in general – I mean, over half of the top 25 guys. So, you know, you normally we say, well, the semis are going to be awesome. Sometimes we say the quarters are going to be awesome. There's going to be a few round of 16 matches that are going to be really good here. So, you know, a lot of this is matchups and styles. And uh, Ethan Lee's actually a guy that always, always fascinates me because he just wrestles a style that nobody else really does. And, We've gotten over Zach Sanders telling him not to pick cops, so that's helpful. Um, you know, that was that was an interesting dilemma they were going through for a while. So, I mean, him and Soriano would be an interesting matchup if they were to meet in the Sems. Obviously, if the Soriano and Mesa Jordan Russell, that would be fascinating. Uh, Ernestine and Rezac would be good because they're both really good on top. And, you know, Montori Bridges, I, I'm not sure he might even have, like, a losing record or close to 500 record now. You know, he's lost to some good guys, but, you know, his him his ability to bounce back, and then you look at Josh Terrell's style all over the place. There just should be some really, really good matches. We've got Matt Schmidt ranked a little higher than everybody else, so it'll be interesting to see what level he wrestles to this weekend. Yeah, he's a tough kid. Um it's always tough early in the year to figure out exactly where to rank these guys. Um, you know, obviously last year, one of the storylines to watch is Michich and Pletcher going at it again because Pletcher beat Michich last year at the CKLV, didn't beat him again all year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that ends up being a semifinal match. It could, just depending on how the seeds fall. And then, you know, Soriano, I think it's funny. We almost kind of forget. I think you forget how good he is. Um, and I don't know why it is. It just seems like he flies the radar when you're talking about the best wrestlers in NCAA wrestling. He's, you know, he's up there. You know, he's a finalist. The only time he got to wrestle in the national tournament. And now we're going to find out where he stacks up at 133 because he's really going to get his first big test. Um, I don't think he'll have a problem with it. I think he's plenty big, plenty strong. He's always been physical. Uh, but it's really interesting to see I'm really excited to see him against somebody like Michich. I mean, even Lee, against Lezak, that would be really an interesting match, although they have battled before. so. Um, but it's just interesting to see him up at this weight. I can't wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's an interesting dude. So, I, and I think what happened is we think of him on the, uh, on the surface as a one-time medalist, and you, you forget he was the number two seed. He would have been the number two seed at Nationals that year, a year that Darian Cruz won the weight, and he beat Darian Cruz. You're better remembering this than me, but either like eight to nothing or nine to one that year, right? Like at the beginning of that season? Uh, yeah, I think it was – yeah. It, it Definitely, it was one of those things. He beat him I, – I don't off the top of my head remember exactly, but it was a controlled you know, win. It was not close. Um, so, yeah, that late season injury, and it's funny how – that kind of colors everything. Uh, you know, it's if he was a two-time finalist, let's say he didn't even win his freshman year, he just wrestled to his seed, and somehow Cruz having that magical tournament just beat him too. It's still, a two-time finalist, just it, it's a whole different ball game than a guy who made it to the final last year and was beaten handily. Uh, you know, so it, it's weird how that goes. But 
he's been excellent throughout his college career. I'm sure he will be again. Uh, can't wait for those matchups. Uh, moving up. Well, he was also sicker than crap at the end of last year. Right. That, that, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can stay healthy all year because, yeah, he apparently was in the hospital for an extended period of time late in the year last year, and we didn't see him for long periods of time. So that's, <laughs> that's another story. But, right. I mean, so we've never seen the best of him in Nationals. That's the interesting thing. Right, right. That's yeah. That seems to be accurate. And what we have seen in the regular season is outstanding. So we'll we'll, we'll hope for the yeah. best there. But uh, moving up to 141, uh, as I mentioned previously, I don't think Cornell's bringing Yanni Dakimahalas. Everybody that I have talked to and seen reporting says he's not going, uh, even though he wrestled at Matt Town, just kind of still bringing him back along slowly, which makes sense. Uh, but still no shortage of top-end talent out there. Joey McKenna from Ohio State, Jaden Ironman from Missouri. Uh, interesting for like guys like Mitch McKee and Mikey Carr from Illinois and Matt Finlay, who's been one of my favorites in the early season. Uh, chance to really prove that they belong in the top, you know, top five, six, seven, eight type guys, uh, and a chance to break into the top level, you know, with the top guys like McKenna and Ironman. So they're going to have an excellent chance. Uh, Chad Red is a returning All-American who's been struggling. It'll be interesting to see if we see him out there. Josh Albert from Northern Iowa. And then guys like Kanan Store and Yaya Thomas down down a little ways in the rankings right now, but they have a chance to really put their stamp on a tournament like this. Uh, what's your take on 141? Well, and you got guys like Krivitz and Headley and those guys too. I mean, it's another super deep weight. And I think this tournament's become the best tournament in the country when you figure – South Beach duels, Midlands, and Scuffle have kind of really divided people up there. It's just not the same now. So, uh, I mean, I'm in Illinois super high on Mikey Carr. I never saw the Ironman match, but apparently he was winning. And, I mean, it's funny, he was winning until he was losing. And he was winning the whole time, you know, except the last two points. Anyway, like you said, he's had an unbelievable season. And in the beginning, you know, when he beat somebody, you just go, okay, that was that guy's loss, and he kept beating guys. You're like, okay, that's his wins. Don Demas is a guy that we saw at every world team trials this summer. Can he make the jump in college? And like you said, Storr and Yaya and Hesley, like, just another weight where there's literally, this weight feels like it's 16 deep, you know, the the 8-9, the 7-10, the 6-11 matchups are going to be fascinating to watch, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always tough when you compare tournaments, but I don't think there's going to be any other regular season tournament this year that has better round of 16 and quarterfinal matches than this one. I mean, the depth is just staggering. Um, you know, you might – the scuffle in the Midlands, depending on who shows up, might – come close with finals matches just because, you know, obviously the scuffle have Penn state and probably Oklahoma state. So their, their top end is probably going to be close. Uh, but the, right. the rounds and the buildup to it, uh, I don't think you're going to see anybody close to this. So uh, it'd be really interesting. And that means, you know, we'll see a lot of action on a lot of fireworks on the first day, uh, which is always fun to see. You won't have guys just cruising along, pinning people all the way to the, to the second day. So that's always a good thing for the fans. Well, at least guys, and, and you're, you're taught to not do this, but good guys do this. Like, they kind of have a warm-up match, right? And, if, you know, if you're a high seed, and let's say there's 28 guys in the bracket, and you catch one of the buys, if you catch the wrong guy, that's the wrong guy to look at as a warm-up match in this tournament. I mean, there's going to be some dudes that are coming to get you right away that can do some damage if you don't wrestle 100%. Absolutely. And you, you know, normally in these uh, regular season tournaments, if they seed far enough, you know, all the good guys are seeded. So you're not going to catch anybody, but there's just too many guys at this tournament. You're going to have unseeded guys that are drawn in that are really good. So um, there's just, there's not going to be any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. It, this is a super cool tournament. I mean, I, I, I want to get out there at some point in my life and just watch it because like you said, but it's almost overload, right? Like, it's almost like the quarterfinals at Nationals where wherever you're looking is to, to, to that second after you're missing the big match, right? So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard to watch. I mean, they go 10 mats early on, and, yeah, it's 
it, it's hard to follow it all. It's hard to see it all. It's hard to catch it all. You have to make some decisions uh, on who you're going to watch, but uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I highly recommend it. And of course it's in Vegas. So there's, you know, there's nothing else going on. So. Right. Yeah. It's a slow count. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Moving up to 149 pounds. Uh, really interesting with Anthony Ashnault kind of getting his first uh, test of the season. Micah Jordan will be out there. Grant Leith from Missouri. Um, I have confirmed Mac Tom Max Thompson is going to make his season debut for Northern Iowa. Uh, at least that is the plan at the current time. So that's another guy out there that, you know, he's been an All-American before. He's been a top 10 guy pretty consistently. It, we just don't know if he can get to that Micah Jordan, Anthony Ashnault type level. So uh, he'll have a chance to prove that he can. And then just a ton of interesting guys here too. Austin O'Connor, you know, he's, he's still trying to break into that top, top level. Um, after an excellent red shirt year. He's off to a good start, uh, but he's a red shirt freshman. So we'll see where he goes. Um, you know, Tommy Thorne, is he going to write the ship and come back or is this going to be kind of a mediocre senior year? He's off to a rough start. And you got guys like, you know, Josh Heil and Jarrett Deegan and Ryan Blees, Russell Rolfing, who has wrestled well in Vegas before. So he's one to keep an eye on. Just a ton of interesting guys. Uh, what do you think about 149? Well, I mean, you got three of the top four hammers there, right? And this is a weight that we both picked national to win nationals. So I think we did. I, I know I did. I don't want to misquote you. I mean, I think that's correct. So, I mean, just. I think this is interesting because there's some really good guys here from non-traditional schools at this way, right? Like Zachel, Clarion, Feinsilver, Duke, Kyle Campbell, you know, those guys. And then even like Ralph in the CSUB and then Prince Navy. These guys are all legit top 20 dudes. And again, you're looking at probably 12 deep here. So like those 5, 12, 6, 11, Seven, ten, eight, nine matchups are going to be really, really interesting. Like a Zach, I mean, if these were to see Zachary and Prince, Fine Silver and Walton, O'Connor and Blees, you know, Thorne and Heil, and then I mean, those are those are super interesting matchups in there, you know. Certainly. So, and I, and I like Will Thompson too. I mean, he's a kid I've known ever since he was a senior in high school. Really nice, quiet kid. Happy to see that he's you know going to make his debut as well. Yeah, I mean, and I'll call it right now. I think Davion Jeffries from Oklahoma, at every tournament he goes to, beats somebody he's not supposed to and loses to somebody that he's probably supposed to beat. So that'll probably happen again in Vegas um, just to upset the apple cart a little more. But you know, guys like that, you know, Christian Olivas from Fresno State's around there too. He's been ranked. So just a ton of guys again. You know, you did a good job highlighting the various schools. There's just a ton of – really interesting teams going to this event. Um, you know, Ohio State's really the only one of the big four that's out there, but it, there's just so many guys that you're going to see again at Nationals, you're going to see in the round of 12 and wrestling in the All-American rounds uh, from all over the place. So, really cool event. Right. Moving up to 157 pounds, um, Alec Pantaleo, who won this tournament last year, uh, Tyler Berger of Nebraska, who had an interesting uh, tournament last year. And then guys like Keyshawn Hayes, who we haven't really seen tested at 157, Ryan Deacon, Kennedy Monday, Steve Blees, you know, just another, I mean, I'm going to just become like a broken record. It's a deep weight. Uh, you've got Paul Fox, who it's interesting, you know, we talked about Fox losing to his teammate. I noticed the other night that he wrestled 57 and his teammate who beat him um, at that open tournament wrestled 65. So, uh, probably expect that to see that again. Um, and then, yeah, just going down the list, you know, Griffin Perriott is an interesting guy. I keep waiting for him to break out. And then Jarrett Jock at Missouri, who, you know, is out of red shirt. We'll see how it goes. Uh, what do you see at 157 pounds? Well, Jack Hughes from Missouri is a guy that, you know, he was doing so well, they had to bring him out of red shirt. So, and he's a tough kid. So that'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, I think one of the things to look at here is as, as deep as this weight is in terms of guys that are ranked, it's an interesting weight because there's really not that many guys here that have placed. 
And that's, you know, that's a very, I mean, you guys, to me, not on his own level. Heidley's proven he's better than everybody else. Berger and Pantaleo are pretty close. And then you got guys that haven't placed before, so you kind of wonder. I mean, Paul Fox placed a couple years ago, but Deacon, Hayes, Monday, Fox, all round of 12 guys, and then these other guys are like round of 24s, round of 32s. I mean, it's deep in terms of the rankings, but not in terms of previous All-American status. So you could see a guy like a Luke Wyland, a Justin Thomas, or even a Jack Hughes, or these guys kind of getting into that top level and, and, and like, use your phrase, upsetting the apple cart a little bit. Yeah, or even somebody like Matt Malcolm, the number one guy in D2 uh, from Nebraska Kearney, who will likely be entered in this weight. So, yeah, it's it's kind of wide open. You're absolutely right. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the story of 157. If you're not Nolf or Heidle, then uh, who knows? Uh, everybody else is kind of up for grabs. So, Right. Moving up to 165, um, speaking of a weight that doesn't have a lot of prior All-Americans, Logan Massa is the only one. Um, Expected to enter at this weight uh, for Michigan. Bryce Dyer, uh, Branson Ashworth, who we talked about a little earlier, will be out there for Wyoming. Isaiah White, uh, Andrew Fogarty, Demetrius Romero from Utah Valley, who has had a lot of interesting uh, matches, interesting results over the last couple of years. Uh, and then a glaring thing that jumps out to me, Connor Flynn and Makai Lewis, who might get a chance to re- to have a rematch after Flynn beat him the other day. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, Probably won't happen on the front side, but maybe on the back, um, or if they pull an upset or two. So, uh, what's the story at 165? Well, as you did that, I was counting, and if they seed this the way we have it, Connor Flynn and Makai Lewis are the eight nine seeds. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, for nerds that don't know, that's the quarterfinal matchup. Most people actually aren't as, as they have more going on in their life than you and I do. Um, that's the eight nine. Yeah, it's the round so, of eight nine. Yeah, perfect. What's interesting is at the beginning of the year, I think most people would have said Makai Lewis deserves to be ahead of Connor Flynn. Connor Flynn deserves to be ahead of Joey Gunther, and Joey Gunther probably deserves to be ahead of Nelson Brands. Now that we wrestled, those it's the complete opposite order. So that made it a little goofy. I think if you're Nebraska, you'd love to see Isaiah White put a tournament together, right? Like, I mean, for him, we always used to tell guys, if you want to be an All-American, you got to win four before you lose two. And you got to win four out of five, unless you can just go three strong on the front. But, you know, it'd be nice for them to see Isaiah do that. You know, I don't know if he will, but if he could make the semis and – you know, make a statement, wrestle Logan Massa close, come back to take third, something like that. As a coach, you go, okay, what we thought could happen, we're now, we feel much better about. And I think that would be a big thing. But this is a way with, like you said, only one returning AA where a lot of guys can make some noise here. Makai Lewis, especially if he were on the bottom half, like if he were the 10-seater got drawn in, him making the finals wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch him. Um, Massa, he looks great again. Uh, he looks like he's healed up. This will be his biggest test to date. But um, if he's back to where he was two years ago or last year pre-injury, you know, he kind of looked to me like a prohibitive favorite. Uh, but everybody else, you know, is out to prove themselves. You know, Ashworth coming off that big win over Chandler Rogers. He can kind of consolidate that if he makes a run to the finals, uh, pick up a couple of nice wins in route. Obviously, Mikai Lewis can prove that that lost Connor Flynn the other day was a fluke. If he can run to the finals, something like that. Uh, and then, of course, Flynn wants to prove that he, you know, that that was no fluke and that he is better than advertised. So, it, really interesting weight. I, these kind of weights get overlooked because they don't have the household names. I mean, obviously outside of Massa, who everybody knows, but after that you get kind of in, into the wrestling fan weights where the true wrestling fans, the ones that really pour over this stuff will know these guys. Uh, but maybe, you know, with no all Americans other than that, maybe you overlook that a little bit, but 165 will still have a lot of good matches and a lot of interesting storylines to watch as well. Right. 
Moving up to 174, we have Miles Mean, Daniel Lewis, and David McFadden as returning All-Americans. And then we have a lot of really interesting names, Taylor Luan of Northern Iowa, Mikey Labriola from Nebraska, who gets his first chance um, outside of his red shirt to make his mark. Uh, Sean Campbell of Ohio State, who continues to struggle. And just, again, a, a deep list. You know, We have Johnny Sebastian and Ben Harvey and Dylan Lighty and Brandon Womack and all these guys. You know, uh, Marcus Coleman from Iowa State is one to watch. He hasn't gotten off to the best start, uh, but he's got a lot of potential. Came out of high school as a highly recruited, um, you know, highly recruited guy. So, interesting to see if he can take a step forward. Uh, what are you looking for at 174? This feels like a way where there's not going to be as many upsets, which probably now means it'll be completely Dr. Kirby. <laughs> Uh, and as soon as I said that out loud, I'm like, I've probably set myself up for failure. But, like, you know, it feels like a mean Lewis. I don't think McFadden's going to wrestle from what I've heard. He's still getting back to me 23s and stuff like that. But so if you take a mean Lewis, Wuhan, Labriola, to me that feels like they're a cut above everybody else. I, mean, I don't see Campbell beating one of those guys. I don't see Johnny Sebastian beating one of, one of those guys. So, uh, I do think Labriola, I mean, would be a fascinating matchup. Uh, Taylor Lujan wrestled Daniel Lewis tough last year in the duel. He didn't beat him, but, he, you know, he made him work. But it, it feels like this this weight might go pretty much according to oil. I'm not – I don't suspect there'll be a lot of upsets here, which probably means if you're betting, there aren't a lot of upsets. So Yeah, I mean, you've got guys like Lighty and Womack who are – are, are just seem like upset specialists. They don't always win, you know, the matches that you that you expect them to, but uh, they they always have a win or two on their resume by the end of the year that you're scratching your head trying to figure out how it happened. So uh, you never know. But yeah, I, those guys are the most fun to rank in the world too. So fun. <laughs> so, so fun. Yeah. 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 So we'll see how that goes. Um, moving up to 184 pounds this weight. I mean, goodness. Uh, Miles Martin of Ohio State, Emory Parker of Illinois, Taylor Benz, Nebraska, Zach Savatsky, Virginia Tech, Matt Dean of Cornell, Chip Ness of North Carolina, and Drew Foster of Northern Iowa. All those guys have been on the stand before. Uh, that's what seven? Yeah, seven. So, and that's not even talk about guys like you know Louis Dupre and uh, whichever whichever one sort of sends out um, between Owen Webster and Brandon Crone. Nino Bonacorzi from Pittsburgh, Jelani Embry from Michigan is someone I'm really interested to watch, as well as Sammy Colbray from Iowa State. Uh, what do you make of this one, David? Just loaded, right? I mean, just loaded. Drew Foster, Emory Parker, Chip Ness, Taylor Vendry match, uh, Zach Sebastian, Max Dean. Those look like possible quarterfinals that are just going to be fascinating. Uh, I think, you know, like Illinois, I really think Henry Parker can win nationals. I, mean, he, I guess he's beaten Miles Martin at some point in his career. And I know Nebraska's super hot in Taylor Vens. And as good as Miles Martin is, you know, he's he's not so nickel. You know, so I think if you have a guy at this weight, you feel like, okay, you know, if we, if we wrestle great, we can win the weight. So it'll it'll be super interesting. Louis Dupre is a guy. I talked to some guys that were on the coaching staff and those world teams. They're super impressed by him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he's doing in Binghamton's room. I don't imagine he's got the same kind of training partners as a lot of these other guys do. But sometimes that can work out because the coach can spend a ton of time with one kid, really help him with game plans, really help him with specific skills and techniques to help that guy get better. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, and of course he's got his brothers around him too, which always, you know, that always helps, uh, especially as you make transition to college to have your family around you. So uh, that's a plus. It's interesting because you know you talk about Miles Martin. I think you're right. I think a lot of people see him as, uh, you know, not not beatable necessarily, um, but at least not, you know, he's not as dominant as Bo Nickel, obviously, because Nickel won most. More beatable, more beatable than Bo Nickel, right? Right, and that's fair. Uh, but, you know, if you look at his statistics from last year and take out the nickel matches, which obviously, you know, since nickel moved up to 97, that kind of makes sense. He was really dominant. He was very impressive. Um, so I think it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if he can keep that going and kind of separate from the pack. He's got a chance to do that. I mean, obviously, Emory Parker is excellent. Taylor Venn's 
excellent. You know, Zach Savatsky's been around forever, uh, seems like, and has always been good. You know, but I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to see any of those guys jumping up and taking out Martin. Um, but, you know, you got to believe it to achieve it. So maybe they will. Um, we'll see this weekend. And you know, good, good luck to them. Right. And I think, you know, also, like, if you're – every coach thinks they're the smartest guy. So just getting film of your guy wrestling that guy might help. You know, in a lot of these guys' minds, like, okay, we'll break it down and we'll have a better game plan the next time. Like, a lot of times early in the year, if you know you're going to wrestle a guy a bunch of times, you almost don't game plan the first time. You just go, okay, well, we're just going to wrestle and we're going to figure out what works. And then we might save something for that last match. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered about that. Um, yeah, how much do you, especially a guy you're going to see at conference and then probably again at NCAAs, like how much of that is, do you save stuff? Do you just, I mean, I don't, I'm sure everybody approaches it a little bit differently, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for every other coach, but I know like, uh, you know, if our guy had a really, it's interesting because like if a guy has a pet move and now like, let's say you got a really good fireman's or a really good, like just something a little non-traditional than a sweep single on a high crotch, right? Uh, how often, like, if you go, well, I don't want to hit it because I don't want Alex to see it. But then Alex's coach is going to watch me wrestle nine other guys, so they're going to see it. But sometimes you don't even want to let them – they might know it, but when they feel it, it's just different. Like, we had a kid that had an unbelievable fireman's carry. And when we went to Nationals this freshman year, we got a great draw because he, he got all guys from, like, the West Coast and the East Coast, and none of them knew what he had. And I would just say, take a terrible shot, let him put you in a front headlock, and let him come all the way around you. And when just about to really grab your leg, just – just listen, and I'll tell you when to go. And he, he majored everybody off of that. Nobody knew it was coming. And then the guy he had in the finals had wrestled him, and we ended up losing by one point. But it, it's tough. When, you know, I mean, the thing is now everybody's filmed. So it's maybe a little – I mean, you know, Juco is not everybody's filmed. But I would think the very first time for sure you're not trying to game plan because you're like, look, I just want to see who's better. When you wrestle your seven minutes and I wrestle my seven minutes, who's better, and then we'll try to take away that guy's best move or best hold or best setup. Like, you saw Misik do that with DeSanto between Vegas and Nationals last year. Like, he didn't let DeSanto get comfortable in his ties, and that changed the whole match. Yeah, that was uh, – that's possibly the biggest outlier result from last year, just that, that throttling. Not not that DeSanto beat him, but just the throttling that he gave him and that obviously – uh, a lot of a lot of things went into that, um, but he obviously adjusted well, and uh, there's a lot to go into there. But we'll move up to 197 pounds. Um, this is kind of an interesting weight. I, I don't know if we'll see Kyle Connell from Kent State. He's been banged up. Um, I, I think if his shoulder is still not right, I can't imagine they send him out to run this kind of meat grinder. Uh, Northern Iowa is not bringing Jacob Holschlag. So it looks like Colin Moore and Willie Miklas will be the top seeds. Um, and you got guys like Nathan Traxler and Stephen Loiseau from Drexel, Christian Brenner from Purdue. This way it really gets interesting as you go down. Jake Woodley from Oklahoma is a promising prospect. Tom Slay from Virginia Tech, you know, I've been high on for a while. Eric Schultz from Nebraska has not wrestled great early in the year, but has a chance to kind of bounce back. And then guys like Ben Honus from Cornell and Jacob Seeley from Northern Colorado. And it, it's interesting when I watch Seeley wrestle because he's been, you know, he's been around a while and I think he had hoped to have a better college career, but he wrestles in the big shoulder sling and he kind of gets by on guts and guile, which is hard to watch for a college guy, but uh, he's still gutting it out. So interesting to watch him. But uh, what do you see at 197 pounds, David? I want to see how your boy Tom Slay does. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really interested in that. Like, he's crept up our rankings every week. You are, when you made that pick for him as an All-American, and I did not, I think sometimes if we're honest, we hear somebody say something, we go, that was smarter than what I thought. And when you said that, I was like, that was smarter than I thought. I think he's going to get it done. He feels like, you know, he's at a, a school that's had good uh, past performance coaching upper weights, a, a coach who was a good upper weight there, and, you know, good environment. And it feels like that environment 
suits his style. This is a weight class where he could make a run to the semis. It wouldn't surprise you. If he was in a one-point match with Willie Nicholas with a minute left, it wouldn't surprise you. So, you know, Virginia Tech obviously has has tape on Nicholas, as we discussed last week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so may have tape of what not to do and what to do. So he's probably the guy that really interests me the most. I haven't seen Traxler wrestle a lot, so I'll be interested in that. And uh, Woodley's a guy I know they're high on at OU, so it'll be interesting to see if he can put together a, a podium a podium type of performance. Yeah, you know, you never bet against Willie Miklas at the end of the year, but I, I don't think I would ever bet on him early in the year. So <laughs> right. you just never know what you're going to get from him at something like this. Uh, so we'll be interested yeah. to watch him, see see where he's at. Mark's Willie is the best Willie. We know that. We, we know that. And that's a good thing to have. So. No, that's, that guy means that guy's money. You know, that's a big deal for sure. Moving up to heavyweight, uh, Gable Stevenson looks like the class of this field, um, by far the highest ranked guy. Um, there are no returning All-Americans, no past All-Americans at all here, um, unless you count Demetrius Thomas, who won an NAIA title. So uh, that's that's really the, the where we're looking at. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, haven't seen Billy Miller yet, so we may see John Bors still for them. Um, I don't know if Campbell's going to break out Hino or not. So Conan Jennings, in all possible, could be the number two seed, um, just depending on how it all shakes out. You know, Jeremy Sweeney from Cornell is likely to see. Corey Daniels been solid for North Carolina. The, the guy I'm really interested to see, I mean, obviously Demetrius Thomas for Pitt and Zach Elam from Missouri, guys, you know, we know we're watching all year to see how they do. Uh, but A.J. Nevels from Fresno State, you know, obviously had that interesting win in the wrestle-offs over Ryan Flores. Hadn't really gotten much, uh, much tests so far this year. Uh, but you never know. You know. He's got the pedigree. He's got the resume. You never know when he's going to take a huge step up. So this is a chance for him. I mean, you know, you talked about it some of the other ways. There's nobody here except for Stevenson that really scares you. So he could make a big run and find himself in the semifinals or finals. Such a weird weight. There's like eight hammer weights, one pretty good weight, and then this weight. Like, it's amazing, right, that of all these schools, like, None of them, you know, there's, there's hardly any, you know, imagine if they had Richard Stevenson, right? Right. Which they did for four minutes, and then came to their senses. Uh, yeah, it's a weird way. I, Neville's, it's interesting, because people should know, you and I don't really, we talk about the format of the show every time, but that's really it. And Neville's was a guy that was kind of on my list there. I'm also really interested to see how Elon does, because he's a kid I know, I'm friends with his family. Great kid, and Mizzou's done pretty well knowing when to pull guys out of red shirt versus not. I think the, the concern you always have for a high school kid is how well can he handle bottom, especially heavyweight. But he wasn't challenged at all a senior year in high school. I think he literally pinned everyone in the first period, or maybe the second. But I mean, nobody pushed him at all. I think people underestimate him a little bit because Daniel Kirkley the Daniel Kirkley things to Elam. But he's really good. Uh it's just, you know, he's a big kid, but he's still a kid versus some of these guys that are older. But if he can get out on bottom, he moves his feet better than almost everybody else at this weight class. So I mean he great angle and he's really good at not shooting straight on, like getting to a corner, which is something my dad always, always stressed, and especially as you went up the up the, the weight class chain, like the heavier you go, the more important it is to to feel that way. You know, to be able to get to those to get those angles. Once you get to those angles, wrestling gets a lot easier. Like the funk and scrambles go away a lot, and once you get over 197 pounds. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, and it's it's interesting to watch Elam. We'll see how he does. This is this is kind of tailor made for him. He'll he'll get plenty of tests and a lot of different kind of tests. You know, it's not this weight could still have a lot of ranked guys. There's just not any of that top end other than Stevenson. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who emerges from the pack. You know, of course, Deuce Rachel from Illinois is always fun to watch, and he has pinned a lot of guys this year. So. Uh, 
keep an eye on him if you're going out there. Uh, you never know when his matches are going to end either way. So, uh, very interesting guy to watch. Right. So we'll have that. Um, Ohio State's really the team favorite. Um, I know a lot of people don't watch the team races too closely in these things, but uh, it's really not the only thing going on this weekend. We've got AWL on the 30th, which is Friday. Uh, we've also got Penn State's going against Bucknell and Lehigh. Princeton's also wrestling against Lehigh, Iowa State and Iowa. Some really interesting duels around the country this week. Yeah, big duels. I'm actually going to Iowa Friday for AWL, so I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, a shout-out to my guy, Deron Wynn. He's actually just – he was he won the co-main event on the Liddell uh, Ortiz card. Pretty sure he's going to get a call to the USC now. And he's wrestling Machiavello a week later. So – uh, Deron's a guy that I recruited from early on. He wrestled for, for me and my daddy. He was here with us for three years. and uh, He's a young man that's obviously super talented, but he's also just grown a lot as, as a person. And I uh, got a chance to visit with him at the Park Hill Combine. Couldn't be prouder of him. Not in any way trying to take any credit for anything. He's the guy that's doing it. But pretty cool that he's doing so well and in, in multiple, you know, multiple different sports. You know, being high-end on, on both different sports is pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know he's been around and he's looked at a lot of different martial arts. It's cool to have him in the wrestling community and, of course, uh, you know, going out there and making his name fighting too. So, very cool. Um, I've, I got to see him in person once. Uh, hopefully soon I'll get to see him in person again. Always. I got, to sit, I got to sit in the corner for about 70 matches. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fun kid to watch. He's a... Uh, he really does some unique things, and, you know, he's obviously not very tall for that weight class, and, you know, people, I think, tend to underestimate him, but he's very good, and uh, he's just always a kid that will have a, a dear place in my heart, and kind of was the guy that helped uh, helped us kind of go from good to great at Merrimack, so, you know, a lot of love for Duran, really proud of him, and I think it's cool that he's doing so well in, in, in both different avenues. I think it's uh, something that's pretty unique, and uh, you know, I know he loves the training of both and how one helps the other, so it's pretty cool. Definitely. Uh, well, I don't envy you doing the rankings on Sunday night. Uh, luckily, Cliff Keen wraps up on Saturday, so you'll have the entire day to digest all of those insane results. Uh, why don't you tell us about Resolite one more time before we get out of here? For sure. The podcast is brought to you by Resolite Sports Products, your one source for both classic and lightweight mats. From Resolite Zip Mat, the first and only tape-free mat to offer a waterproof interlocking connection system, to Resolite's exclusive DigiPrint mat, the only fully customizable mat featuring unlimited graphics that brings unrivaled school branding to your new lightweight mat. Visit Resolite.com for all your wrestling mat needs. Resolite, the mat company. I think I'm almost kind of handled this this podcast thing, Alex, I swear. <laughs> not not play my radio while I'm on the line with you. I might have it figured out. Yeah, we'll work on that. But uh, <laughs> you got anything else this week, or are we ready to wrap up? No, everything's good. Really looking forward to going to AWL. Uh, big shout-out to Johnny Ruggiano and Andy Barth and Wayne Boy for what they're doing for wrestling. I think it's really cool. Another big weekend of wrestling. David, feel better, and we'll we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening in. 